It's time for the Raging Cajun Army. The only place where it's all Cajuns all the time. Kick is on its way, and the kick is good! Cajuns win! 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 A 50-yard field goal! And time expires by Brent Bear in Louisiana! And now, here's your host, Matt Miguez. Welcome into the Raging Cajun Army. Matt Miguez here, and I'm here with Jerry A. Bear as usual. Jerry, what's going on, man? Not much. We're one week closer to the to the start of the season. Um, now that uh, since we last time we've met, it looks like where the teams are, are practicing, and we're starting to see a lot of different uh, a lot of different talents, if you will. Um, and uh, it's 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 just that time, man. And, and hearing just different practice reports and and uh, who's doing what. You know, it just makes the anticipation harder to uh, to deal yeah. with. Um, yeah, absolutely. And of course, I think I want to say next weekend is is Fan Day. I think it's next uh, next, next Sunday, Sunday yeah. the eighteenth of August. And I know I'm promoting it early, but really for me, and this is it's been like this every year for me. Every time I hear that fight song at Fan Day. That really, the, that the, really, the, the season's here. That kicks off my football season, yeah. so I'm looking forward to it. But once again, one week closer, man. Yeah, one absolutely. And you know, we talked about the offense last week, and today we're gonna we're gonna dive into the defense, and we're gonna talk a lot about that. But you know, some breaking news right off the top: it broke about an hour ago. Uh, the NCAA has approved the eligibility of Cajuns quarterback Braden Hawkins. The JUCO transfer from, correct me if I'm wrong, it was a JUCO in Texas. Uh, well, he was at UTEP. I know that. He, um, he was at UTEP for a period. Um, he ended up at Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, was at Maryland for a full season. And then he went to, God, I'm drawing a blank on the community college that he played for. It is, let's see. Oh, Northwest Mississippi Community Northwest College. Mississippi, there we go. There it is. Um, and he was the top JUCO quarterback in the country, according to 247sports.com. <laughs> yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, I, I love the Cajuns. You guys know that just as anybody. But I was floored when he announced his commitment to to the University of Louisiana because we were up against some big names. I, I hear rumors that LSU even had their name in the mix. Yeah, and anytime you have a, a guy that has that much hype, regardless of where he goes, uh, when it comes to Louisiana, that's huge. Um, especially when, I, I think the biggest thing is, what's the first thing we look at for any recruiter, any transfer, whenever we see that they commit to UL, what's the first thing you look at? Who were we up against? Exactly. And so when I see that we, we get a player who was up against Ole Miss or, or Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech, TCU, um, you know, any of those names, it, it's it's... It's pretty nice. It's pretty yep. nice when they choose to come to Lafayette. So um, that's definitely a huge, uh, big boost, uh, especially at the depth chart for quarterback. Um, and I just think the competition, we talked about it last week. You know, for me, I personally don't care who's starting, whoever gives us the best chance to win. But, again, it creates a demand for competition. It creates a demand for performance at that position. And so I think at the quarterback position, we're definitely, I would hope, barring any injuries, we're in good hands in that in that category. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm glad you brought up the competition because I was just that that leads into 
to my next point. I posted a poll on the Twitter page at Raging Cajun Army. You know, with Hawkins being eligible, obviously he was practicing with the team, but he he wasn't going to take a take a snap come mm-hmm. August thirty first. Right. But now that he's eligible, does that kind of maybe change Billy Napier's mindset on who we see as QB one against Mississippi State? I don't know. I mean, it's really hard to tell. I, I mean, now that we know that he's eligible, um, because if you think about it, last week uh, going into the first practice, I mean, Levi was getting the start as far as getting the snaps with the first team. And I still think he'll get the snaps with the first team. But don't be surprised if Braden comes in and start. he might be taking a few snaps himself. Um, I, I would think that, again, this creates a little more competition. Um, now that we have a quarterback that you know has has sort of that hype, has that name recognition to him, but at the same time, you know if, if the reports are true about Levi Lewis about his his improvement over the in the off season, um, his the time he's put into the classroom in the film study, uh, on the field, off the field, his conditioning. I mean, look, it's gonna be it, that that position is gonna be uh it's gonna be a tough position to grab for for either quarterback, any quarterback on that depth chart. So. Um, I I would think that Coach Napier would definitely take an easier or more I'm sure it's an easier harder look uh, at this position right now because of the fact that you do have a quarterback who has played at two D1 schools. Um, he has that experience as well. So now you know, I mean Levi's not the only quarterback who has experience with a D1 university. Um, so and that's good. Again, like I said in the, in the last episode, competition is good, man. You yeah. want you want competition. So. Um, look, may the best may the best man win for it, and whoever it is, as long as he gives us the best. But again, I'll say it until the the cows come home. As long as the that this guy, whoever it is, can give us the best position or give us the best chance to win, I'm all I'm all in. Oh yeah, I I 100% agree. And you know, um, I think I think the biggest thing is, is that it's more of just uh, you're happy for the young man to now have a true. 100% chance to compete for that starting spot. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and because, you know, b- before it was like, oh, you know, I'm getting good reps and everything, but I, it's not like I'm going to be able to use it. Sure. So now it's kind of a... Well, they mean something now. Right, right. No, absolutely. You know, I mean, and they always do. I mean, regardless of if he, were, if he had to sit out a year or not, you know, every rep matters, but I think it matters a little bit more now because... You know, one thing Coach Napier is going to do, he's going to be keeping a closer eye on on this guy. You know, knowing that there's potential for him to to really to stand out. Um, but again, th- that's a good thing. You want that competition, and I think I think the quarterback, I think the quarterback position just got a lot. That that quarterback seat just got a lot hotter. A lot hotter, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, now we'll kind of we'll kind of dive into the defense a little bit. Um, obviously, if you if you look at it. We we lost a lot of key pieces, um, Corey Turner, Ladarius Kidd, Gerard McDowell when he was healthy. You know there there were some big pieces that are leaving us, um, but also look at what we what we retained. Yeah. Um, obviously Chauncey Manack broke out big at the end of the year last year. Jacques Boudreaux was mm-hmm. the leader of that defense last year in my opinion. He mm-hmm. had ninety three tackles on the year. Um, Deuce Wallace roaming the secondary. Obviously, he's back this year. That's a huge, um, huge return for the Cajuns. I think he's going to be, in my mind, he's going to be one of the defensive captains uh, this year. And then you can also look at um, Michael Jaquette, mm-hmm. which, by the way, in case you didn't hear in his interview with Scott Prather on ESPN 1420, some people pronounce his name Jaquette. Huh. I always thought it was Jaquette. But... He corrected it. It is Jaquette. Okay, good. So we've been and that's right. what I've always said. <laughs> I mean, so, so I awesome. I was I was good from the beginning. Nice. Um, Zion Hill. Yep. Gonna be a big one. Um, in case you didn't know this, he had a number change hmm. for this season. He is not number ninety four anymore. I don't think I've ever seen a defensive tackle wear the number four. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, awesome. So you know that that's kind of a. a Maybe he's trying to start a new trend. I don't know what his what his deal is there. Um, Chris Moncrief, mm-hmm. you know, I think he's going to have a good year. Farad Gardner, yep, he had he had a big season last year when he was healthy. Kamar Greenhouse, Bobby Holmes is a freshman to look at. 
that that could give some playing time. I mean, I know he's only five nine, mm-hmm. but I hear. I mean, I haven't really seen much, but from what I'm what I'm hearing, you know, his his vertical's huge. He's got great hands. You know, for a cornerback, although short, hands and a good vertical mm-hmm. could even out that 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 height battle. Um, so you know, kind of looking at some of the big pieces on the defense, who are you seeing as being go, go, going into it being the kind of the lead guy on that defense? Chauncey Manak. I think Chauncey Manak. I, I had the chance to watch him at practice before the season started last year, and he really, I mean, he really wasn't like he was a known commodity, you know, but. Until we had seen what he did last year, he was one of those guys where you're like, wow, this kid's got some potential to be great. And, I mean, he showed it last year. I mean, he made so many key tackles on that line. And to me, I mean, I think he's an NFL prospect. And, and not only is he an NFL prospect, but he's somebody that can make some noise. He's aggressive He's aggressive on the line. He's always, he's always in the middle of a tackle. Uh, he's always making plays. Um, you know, he had a few tackle for losses, key tackle for losses last season. So I think Chauncey Manak going in is is he's my guy. I mean that that I mean I think he can he sort of he, he has that presence about him on the field that that creates that sort of creates that energy around him. So I think I think Chauncey is uh, he's sort of that go to guy right now on that defense. Yeah, in I, my opinion, at least. I, I, and you know, I think I'd have to agree. Uh, Chauncey Manak, obviously, he put the numbers up to prove it last year. Yeah, that that he deserves a spot. You know, in that middle three or four, whatever mm-hmm. Ron Roberts wants to run this year, um, he's he's known to kind of pick some some different defenses. So it'll be interesting to see what he decides to go with this year. Um, I think another big name to look out for that. He kind of ran into some issues last year, but you know, Coach Napier's always believed in second chances and whatnot. I think it's Lorenzo McCaskill. Yes, I think I think he's going to be a big guy to look for this year. Um, obviously, he has a lot of talent, but like I said, you know, he ran into some issues at the end of the year last year. was was actually released from the team, mm-hmm. um, and then Napier brought him back. You know, just a few months after the fact. So I think I think he's a big guy to look for. And then we also can't brush off the fact that. A uh, fiery 6'3", 232-pound junior comes back this year by the name of Joe Dillon. That was a huge loss last year when he went out. Um, and, I mean, what was he, a freshman All-American? Yeah. I mean, that— He had six, uh, six and, really, and a half sacks his freshman year. Yeah, need I say more about him? So, right. picture him on one in one position, and then right next to him or right on the other side of him, you got Chauncey Manak. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that, that that combo... I'm just saying... Just, that That's just crazy and scary. Uh, Zach Zach Thomas up there in Boone, North Carolina, you better be worried because, like like you just said, Manak on one side, oh. Joe Dillon <laughs> on the other side, you're not getting away from that. And really, it's it's I'm curious to see if that what kind of depth it could be created in that defensive, in, right in that middle, in that those defensive tackles because... You put that front three or front four with the weaponries on the outside, that's dangerous, man, at that line of scrimmage. That makes that line that you, you can plug up a line of scrimmage that the line of scrimmage oh. like that. I I tell you what, I'm very excited to see what both Joe Dillon and Chauncey Manac can do coming guns blazing first game against Mississippi yeah. State. I mean you want to talk about a true test on what they can do in in, in the spotlight. Let's see what they can do on August thirty first in that Superdome. Because I, I think that'll to me if they could compete against an SEC school and make some key plays, especially against an offensive line like Mississippi State's, yeah, and they, stay, and they can stay healthy, things will get pretty exciting as the season goes on. So you know we're we're talking about about the defense, and you know we're talking about that defensive tackle spot. Where where do you, who do you? Obviously, you know, um, Zion Hill, right? Of if course, if, I mean, if he's so, if he's yeah. healthy, he has a spot there. And I think it's pretty well known that Tamaje Porter is going to be there as well. Now, who who else maybe could we see kind of making a earning a spot in that in that defensive line? I think to to be honest with you, on the defensive side, especially the defensive line, there's a lot of question marks, man. Devin uh, Mitchell, maybe and they're fair because um, I mean there's there's guys there that just I mean. One thing I'll give credit to the coaching staff that they did last year was they rotated a lot of guys there too. I mean, they had a lot of different guys with different reps. So to be honest with you, 
anybody in particular. I mean, look, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the freshman guys get a get a few yeah. Snaps, I mean, there's some know? there there's um, some freshmen. That... I mean, you've got Kendall Wilkerson from Kidwood. Yep. I mean, he's I mean, look, six five two seventy five. I mean, what could you ask for better size? Yeah, Devin Mitchell from Gonzalez. Devin Mitchell. Uh, Sammy Ochoa. From Lake yep. Travis High School, yep. Like Lake, Lake Travis is a nationally known. Dalvin Hutchinson from West Monroe. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's I'm looking at there, there's a lot of freshmen that could that could leave their mark on this defense early. Yep. Um, and you know, like like you said, I think that defensive line is a group with a lot of depth. But if you look at that depth, it's a lot of young depth. Right. I think Zion Hill, just based on experience. Yeah, Zion. I, mean, Zion, he's, he's the I, I think Zion there. Hill and Tamaje Porter are the two. Right. And and they're they're in there. Yeah, and also too, don't be surprised if you see a lot of these guys going with different a lot of reps. You know, don't be surprised if if the coaching staff decides to rotate a lot of these guys out, get some play time with them. You know, um, so yeah. It's... And you see, one one thing that somebody had mentioned to me today was kind of running a different formation than than most people really like to. It's kind of an unconventional formation, mm-hmm. five two four. That's actually kind of a. I mean that's that that's a sort of a base defense I would say. Um, kind of kind of putting an inside linebacker slash not, B end on them. You just don't see it as much anymore. You're seeing a lot more hybrids, like a lot more three fours, because you're starting to see you, you see a lot of especially on a three four where you have that outside linebacker playing D line, that sort of that hybrid. Um, you don't really see as many five two fours like you used to, or or, or, or even a four or, three, or even seeing maybe like a five three three. Yeah, because you know they're they're moving Deuce Wallace to kind of that Romer free safety kind of position. Yeah, so maybe just put him in the middle, put a corner on each on each wide man, and then stack the box. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I I am really I'll be honest with you, I'm not really sure. Right. Yeah. Right now, but. but but the thing is, is I think I think the point that I'm trying to make is that if you're Ron Roberts with the group that you have, there's a lot of options. Of what you can do with this defense, yeah, I think so. And I think the thing about Coach Roberts, and that's that's one thing I'll always compliment him on, is I mean, the man was a head coach for ten years. I mean, he he and and what seeing what he did last season coming in as the defensive coordinator, seeing how he was able to help this defense evolve as the season went on was very impressive. It's like I said before, last year uh, for the twenty eighteen season, the most improved unit that I saw throughout the year was, was the defense. I mean, all the way, like we talked about before this, this episode, you know, the Coastal Carolina game, you can just tell they were, that defense was so depleted and lost. Fast forward to the Sunbelt Conference Championship game, and the defense basically had us in position to win. So, and, and especially the UL Monroe game last year where they forced two turnovers inside of UL Monroe's 30-yard line. So, in a key game that puts you in the championship. So, I mean, to see how much they evolved last season throughout the season and how much better they were able to get is – it's a kudos to, to Coach Roberts and his staff and what they were able to do. And it's a kudos to the players in, in buying in. You know, when you start the season one and three, a lot of times teams, sometimes they quit, man. They'll give up on you. Yep. But these, this unit, especially the fact that I know they had to move a lot of guys around, um, they still – trusted that they trusted the system they trusted the process and they were able to improve a lot last year as the season went on and it gets me a little excited because i think this season that defense can sort of start fresh and they can start you know kind of guns blazing early on rather than having to find that identity as the season goes on yeah absolutely and you know i'm looking at the roster here and one name that i totally forgot to to mention and i hate that i did because he's a great guy Benny Higgins. Yep. Um, Benny Higgins is going to be a big name on that line as well. You know, kind of like like we were talking about, if you put five guys on the line, you're looking at Tamaje Porter, Zion Hill, Chauncey Manack, Joe Dillon, Joe Dillon, Benny Higgins. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you put five guys on the line, that's your line. Well, you're all having, and most of them have experience already. Right. You know, you're coming in with a little bit of seniority because these guys have experience. They've they've played in the system already. Uh, and then they have play time. I mean, that's so important. That play time is, it goes a long way. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think now we'll, we'll transition to the, the middle three, four, two, you whatever. Know, whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to play. The and linebackers. That's, and, that's, and that's the linebacker, yes. linebacker group. I mean, obviously, you know, Joe Dillon and Chauncey Manack are both listed as linebackers. 
I think they're more defensive end hybrid guys. But yeah, de- definitely. That's what hybrid I think. Guys. I mean, they're always on the line, so that's why I kind of picked. I mean, in, in in my mind, when you when you think of a linebacker, I'm thinking of Jacques. Goudreau. You think of Jacques Goudreau, right? You know those those big bruiser right type of guys, that second level. Um, Chris Moncrief, you know, at six one two forty five. Yep. Like like a guy that you you don't want to be lined up against. Yep. Um, and you know there there's a lot of guys in this group. Obviously, Jabraylon Spencer. Yep. You know he's a freshman that that could make some noise. I heard this morning on the radio that he's dealing with some concussion issues right now. Mm-hmm. Um. So we'll we'll see how how that goes. You know, with only a couple weeks left before the season, Andre Jones made a few appearances last year. Um, how about oh, uh, Farad Gardner? Farad Gardner. He 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 made some big plays last year as well. I was very impressed by him. It look, he was one of those guys that just got better as the season went on. Yeah, um, ab- absolutely. Thought he did a fantastic job. Um, and then you can't forget our boy, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, oh Tanner Wiggins. Oh Tanner Wiggins, yeah. Jesus Christ! You know you know what I call him? I call him the Cayenne Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I call him Cayenne Jesus. Scrappy um, man, scrappy, yeah. scrappy. Yeah, yeah, he's a. He he's definitely he definitely fits the the mantra of of Billy Napier football or a linebacker for that matter. <laughs> um, and you know, kind of looking at who else is kind of popping up on the list, you know, Andre Riley. Yeah, he was a freshman last year that that made made a lot of headlines in in practice, and you know he he put on some weight in the off season. I know he's only sitting at six two two oh eight, but the numbers don't really mean that much if that two oh eight is. You know, pure muscle. Right. 208 of pure muscle is still going to hurt regardless. Sure. So, um, you know, I think I think there's a lot of guys, even in this linebacker core, that, that could make could make a name for themselves. Um, you know, like like we were talking about earlier, Lorenzo McCaskill. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be he's going to be a standout guy for the for the Cajuns on D this year. And the great thing is. He's only a sophomore, and there was a lot of hype of him coming in. So I mean, whenever we found out he had some, you know, he went through some of those troubles, it was it was kind of sad to see him go because you're like, man, he has so much potential. But of course, everybody gets a second chance. So hopefully, he can come in and seize seize on that and and take advantage of it because he's definitely got the potential physically. Um, I mean, from what I've seen, he's got the size, he's got the build, he's got the stature, and he's got the talent to get it done. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, now we'll kind of transition into my favorite group on this defense it's the i don't want to i don't want to steal legion of boom <laughs> because obviously you know that's been trademarked by the by the seattle seahawks of course but you know they're, they're kind of like our own version of the legion of boom obviously you know amir mcdaniel is a freshman that everybody's been talking about bobby holmes is a guy who can make some plays mm-hmm. um kamar greenhouse you know he i feel like kamar has been around Forever, <laughs> I love KG, but I feel like he's been on this roster forever. Yeah. And you know, he's 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 also you can see he also has a presence about him, man. I feel oh, like yeah. he's got a presence about him. Um, Michael Jaquette, you know, he's yep. a he's a receiver turned turned DB, and you know, some people will say, oh, well, you know, that's not a big difference, but it really mm, is. It is. It really it is. is, and and to see. How he went from playing receiver as a sophomore to jumping in immediately as a DB his junior year, mm-hmm. it was a huge you know transition, and I think he did it really well. Yeah, I mean, look, he was one, the thing about him was he was one of the main receiving receivers of that receiving core a few mm-hmm. years ago, and all of a sudden he's and I remember talking to him at one of the practices last season. He he never played, he never played, he never played defense DB in his life. Nope. So. He goes in there and he's, and he's. I was like, you know, how's the adjustment been? He goes, honestly, it's it's not that bad. He's like, I, I he's like, I prefer playing defense. Like, really? Yeah, he, he I said, enjoy it. I talked okay. to him. He said he liked to hit. Good, because <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I, you move somebody, especially you move them on the other side of the football, and you've never played it before at that level, especially. It's, right. It's hard. Yeah, that, it's that's not a, easy. That's a big you ha- and then on top of that, to be able to play on that side, especially if you're able to adjust at the collegiate level. That's a compliment to you because that means you're you're a talented guy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're a very talented guy to be able to pull that off. So, I think he's going to have a good year. He's got a full year under his belt already. He's got the experience, so I think he'll do he'll do fine this year. He's going to have a good year. A big name in that secondary this year 
is, um, you know, he was a freshman last year. He made a lot of noise. He played really well in a lot of games. Um, the injury bug kind of bit him mm-hmm. halfway to the end of the year. Eric Garrett. Yeah, he had, and you know what's funny? He came out. He's he's a younger guy too. You know, as a, I, mean, he's a I believe he was a freshman. He was a true freshman last year. And he came out. He he actually competed really well. Um, it's guys like him that you you, ha, you you feel very optimistic moving forward because of the fact that when you have a guy that young who gets that type of experience off the bat, I mean, that you know you just create more depth for yourself yeah, when absolutely. you have that. So that's that's huge. It was good that he was able to get the play time that he did. I think he did a great job for someone coming in as a freshman and. I think this year it's gonna. I think he's only gonna get better. Yeah, and you know we're talking we're talking about the the depth and the defensive back position. Braylon Trahan. Yeah. You know from Acadiana, he's a he's a homegrown kid that that obviously uh, that I think can put up some big numbers in that secondary. Obviously Deuce Wallace. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you can say enough about about number twenty five. Look, Deuce to me. If there's anybody on the entire team where I can say, you know, or if someone were to ask who is the most improved player that has come around from the start, it's Deuce Wallace. Deuce Wallace, absolutely. I mean, he comes in, he's a running back in high school. You know, he comes in, I believe he came in, and I don't know if they moved him right off the bat. I want to say he played. He he, started out at running back. He played running back, and all of a sudden they move him. And not only do they move him, once again, just like Michael Jaquette, he has to adjust playing on the other side of the ball right. at the collegiate level. He came in and I mean, he has did shocked. It well. He shocked yeah. every, he shocked me, he shocked everybody because of the fact that he came such a long way. Not only has he come a long way, he's now the leader. Literally, if you ask me, he's one of the main leaders oh, absolutely. on that defense. Absolutely. And just by the way he plays, his work ethic, um, his attitude, his 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 physical ability that has to me has come a long way since he first arrived. Yeah, and just the way that he presents himself, both on and off the field, he's a good he's a good good kid. You know, I've actually gotten the chance to know his, to to meet his dad a few times. Of course, his dad played quarterback. Yeah, Donnie Wallace. Yeah, Donnie Donnie played quarterback in the '80s and was a great quarterback, very talented quarterback. And so, I think uh, one thing that Deuce has done is he's come in and filled that position with a lot of with a lot of class, and he's filled it with a lot of swagger. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what that what what that guy could do this year because he's he's got a lot of potential to have a great year. And and again, great leader. Yeah, great leader, yeah, great definitely. attitude, and and just a great player overall. And you know, we we were talking about Deuce's dad, Donnie Wallace, talking about how great of a quarterback he was. He actually sits number nine in school history in wow. passing yards. So you know, Donnie obviously he he put his mark on the on the Cajuns program, and you know, kind of finishing up the the look at at DBs, Blair Brooks. Mm-hmm. He's a redshirt junior out of Thibodeau. He made a couple appearances last year. I think he can be. He can be a good piece. Yeah, Cameron Solomon, Jalen Johnson, um, Tariq Miller. Yeah, Tariq Miller. He's another Tariq one. Tariq Miller. Thinking, you know, he's another one that had some good experience last year, and um, you know, he has enough experience. He's seen the field a few times, and I think I think he's another one that can really come out this year and, and make a present, make his presence known. Yeah, and you know, let, let's take a quick look at as we, as we finished up the defense. Let's take a quick look at the special teams. Yep. Um. Uh, in my opinion, correct me if you if you think differently. Mm-hmm. Now that Stevie Artigue's healthy, yeah, the job is his. I think so. I think so. Uh, I've actually had the chance to run into Stevie a few times. I mean, the the he's... guy was on the Ray Guy Award watch list two years ago. Well, not the Ray Guy Award. That's the punter. What's the what's the Lou Groza the, Award? Lou Groza. Yeah. yeah, he was on the Lou Groza Award watch list two years ago mm-hmm. before he heard his name. Well, also, you can't I mean, tell me that the job is not his. Well, I think one thing that one thing's for certain is that his leg is stronger than it ever it has been because he's been rehabbing it for the past year since he hurt it last season or last year. The end of the season last before spring, that, yeah. yeah. So, you know, one thing's for certain with with Stevie is that he's going to come out. This is his last season, so he's going to come out, you know, ready to go and try to make it worthwhile. Because to him, I mean, look, I would I would assume if he has that type of if there's that type of hype and. He's got that type of those type of expectations, especially after being on the Lou Groza watch list. I mean, that to me, that's that that's. I would think the NFL would come come sniffing pretty soon. Yeah, you know? definitely. So, 
for him, this is his year to really show. Okay, my legs strong. What he I'm, can do. I'm 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 gonna have a good year, and I yeah. think if he does, don't be surprised if a few NFL teams come calling. Yeah, absolutely. He's got the look. He's got the leg strength. He does. Um, punter. You know, there there's two guys on the list with Reese Burns mm-hmm. and Seth Kutsardis. Yeah, he's a newbie. Think, think I'm saying that right? He's a redshirt junior from Florida. Um, actually. Fun, quick little side note. I had a history class with, with Seth. Really? Um, Pretty cool guy. So, you know, obviously, you know, Reese Burns was our punter last year. I think we kind of... Aussie. I think we kind of stay there. Um, he, he didn't do anything last year that made anybody go, oh, should this be our punter? He did fine. Yeah, he, he, he yeah, did, did well, yeah. especially yeah, he for did fine. especially for a freshman. Sure. So, you know, I, I think... I think Reese Burns is still going to be the punter. Mm-hmm. Um, punt returning. I've heard a lot of people say Brandon Legron. Yeah, is gonna be is gonna be the punt returner. Now kick returns. Obviously, Raymond Kale mm, yeah. is going to be back there. I, I would think so. But who's going to be back there on sight of him? Because usually we put two guys. Yeah, who's the other guy in your opinion? Do we put Legron? Do we put a Peter LeBlanc? With speed, you've got two speedsters. I would definitely put Legendra back there. Or Le- how you pronounce his name? I think it's Legrand. Legrand, Legendra. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, eventually somebody's gonna tell. He's us. gonna make a name for himself. To who where knows? We'll, he we'll he follows. He follows me on Twitter. He might listen. So yeah. I mean. Brandon, if if you're listening, please comment and tell me how to correctly pronounce your 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 last name. Here's the name. thing, like Brandon, we're gonna be saying your name a lot. If if we if we, if what we saw on the film about you is correct, and you can bring that to Lafayette, uh, when, when, yeah, when, we'll be, when that first whistle blows, we'll, we'll be, be using, saying your name a lot. So please, please correct us now before the season starts, so we don't botch it again. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, and so I think. What what I like about this is all albeit young, I think there's a lot of depth in every aspect of this defense and special teams group to where you know, maybe by next year and maybe even the year after, the offense might not be the focal point of this football program. Which is a great problem to have. Right. Um, I think this year too, especially if you have a lot of youth, look, you're gonna have to play a lot of guys. And that's fine. You know, you want to play a lot of guys, especially early on, to see who, who can do yeah, what. Especially in those non-conference games. In those non-conference games, who can do what. You want some guys to get some reps. And really, the more reps, the better. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you want that depth. You can create your own depth with those reps. And based on the recruiting the recruiting class that, that this coaching staff had this past year, I, I mean, I'm kind of excited to see who's going to step up and who can play, uh, yep. regardless of if you're a freshman or a JUCO transfer or – just a transfer in general, you know. So I'm excited. I'm definitely excited uh, about what we're going to see on defense. And again, you know, they they have a full year under their belt under under Coach Roberts' uh, system. So the guys coming back, they know what they need to do now. Yeah. And so that's going to be exciting to see. And um, yeah, you got look, you got some. They got some tough tests early on. Yeah, tough, absolutely. Tough and you on. know, now now we're kind of going to get into everybody's favorite part, and that's the. The schedule breakdown. And, you know, I, I pull up the schedule on RagingCajuns.com. And we are... We are 22 days, 14 hours, and officially 16 minutes. Oh, my. Away from kickoff. All right. So, you know, that's a that's a great thing. And that's an awesome, you know, position to be in for... For us, and so you know, we're we're kind of going to dive into the schedule. And correct me if I'm wrong. We finished up with Ohio last week. Yeah, right? we did the first four okay. games. Yes. All right. So now we will look at probably we'll probably do the rest of the schedule now. Um, next after that Ohio game, we're still on the road at Georgia Southern. And you know, Georgia Southern's improved a lot from last year, in my opinion. I mean, they had a great year last year. They went ten and three. Mm-hmm. Um, they but won I, their bowl game too. But I, I think I think they've gotten even better especially with new head coach Chad Lunsford. 
He did a great job with that team last year. He did a great job with that team the year before, even after losing all of those games. Of course, at our expense, he beat us. But <laughs> right, right. one thing he did, he he was able to sort of keep everything calm two years ago. And then last year, he sort of really hit the – just he kind of he kind of came out with a bang. Um, yeah. Winning those 10 games, winning that bowl, that really great bowl game against um, Eastern Michigan. I believe they won by like one point. They won on a last-second field goal. Uh, in the Montgomery and the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery, mm-hmm. and I remember watching it um, and just really being happy, being really happy for him. But you know, I'll say this about Georgia Southern: I honestly think that's going to be one of those games where, to me, um, it's very crucial that we play well in that game on the road. I know a lot of people are pointing at Arkansas State. I think I'm just as nervous to as play Georgia on the road Southern. at Absolutely. Georgia Southern. As anywhere else, I because think I have to agree with you. They are look Georgia Southern. Not only do they have a history, but they're coming off of that momentous season last year, and that now they have so much momentum going for them right now that it's almost like you you just you, it's one of those type of games you're going to have to play as min and make as minimal as many minimal mistakes as you unless how can I say this. You want to keep the mistakes the to a minimum. The least mistakes possible. Yeah, you want to right. keep the mistakes to a minimum. Now, we just heard there was breaking news last week that their starting quarterback Shy words. has been suspended. But today, charges were dropped. Oh, snap. So Charges were dropped today. I don't know if I just dropped that bomb on you. Charges were dropped today by... The county in South Carolina, I don't remember the exact county, yeah. but the county he was arrested in, all drug charges were dropped. They found in their investigation that his story, that the cocaine found on the hood of his car was not his. Mm-hmm. That's That was his story. They deemed that to be true. Okay, It was not his cocaine. He knew nothing about it. Charges have been dropped. There has not been an announcement from the university. However, I would assume that now that the charges are gone, he will be reinstated to the program. Well, if he is, there's going to be a lot of happy people in Statesboro because, I mean, you know who they open up with this year. <laughs> Those ugly boys down the road. Well, I mean, look, you want to be able, if you're a team like Georgia Southern, Georgia Southern has a reputation for playing against P5 schools and scaring the heck out of them, okay? Yep. And not to say that it'll happen against against LSU, but the, the purple you have, but you have a quarterback who – was a pretty talented guy. Oh, fantastic. I, I mean, I love Shy Works. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, when you have a guy with that type of presence at quarterback, that could that really creates the identity of your offense. And Georgia Southern has always had a reputation for having a good offense. Yeah. So that that, tri- that if triple those charges scary. are dropped and, and he can come back and he's reinstated, watch out. And that's actually kind of scary thinking about that yeah. now that he's back. Yeah. Um yeah, the, they they announced that about thirty minutes before the Braden Hawkins news was announced. Jeez. So, uh, a, big, yeah, Georgia a, Southern, a big day in Sunbelt football. I'll say this. If there's any game that I'm nervous about on the road, it's Georgia Southern. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd have to agree. And, you know, now we'll kind of look at the yeah. game that I don't know about most people, but I definitely have circled on the calendar. Um, we get a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. We're going to be off that next Saturday. But that's only because we're going to be playing on a Wednesday night on ESPN2 at home. And it's a rematch of last year's championship game with App State. I think we win this one. Do you? I do. Do you really? I do. What? What's your? Uh, I hope there's no. I hope there's no App State fans listening to this. Please don't circle this. Yeah. Don't put oh, this in your lockers. Oh, App State elaborate. Team. Um, last year, if you really think about it, that championship game was winnable for us. Oh, uh, of course. I thought our defense did a fantastic job. I thought we contained their passing game. Um, outside of a few big plays, really. I mean, look. They scored early on us because of a 90-something yard kickoff return. They had the ball on the one-yard line to start the game. That's an easy seven points. You take that away, it was an 11-point game. You take away two of the turnovers that we caused, or two of the turnovers that we committed, that was about a 10-point swing right there, I want to say. I think it was a 10-point swing. We lose the point by, did we lose the game by that much? We lost by 11. We lost by 11, okay. So, honestly, now, so we had to go over there and play, too, at their house. In the bitter cold. In, like, what, 25 degree weather like with, with rain. Yeah. They got to come to our house now. Right. In this humidity to and our stadium, to South Louisiana. They come into our house. And, and you, you know, know I, real quickly, 
I just think going into that game, the way from what I saw, the way our defense played that game showed me a lot of promise. And look, nothing against Andre Nunez, but if we have a quarterback under center who doesn't commit a turnover like that, who can run the ball a little bit more effectively, we're gonna score. We're gonna put up some points on that team that night. And there's no question in my mind that that our team has like you talked about having it circled i think our team has that game circled as well yeah um i I think i'd have to agree and you know another another factor that's kind of going to add into that game is you know this town kind of goes crazy for a festival of cadian sure that game was deemed today as the official kickoff of festivals of cadian couldn't ask for a better game so you know there's i heard there's going to be some cajun dancing on the field at halftime, nice. Led by music from the Pride, so you know Beautiful. I think I, I think that's going to be a fun game. There's a lot of excitement in the air, and you know anytime there's a nationally televised game, whether, exactly. Whether it's a weeknight or not, the fans show up. You're on national TV against the the, the defending Sun Belt Conference champions that you lost to in the championship game. And could you imagine, depending on what the record is for the Cajuns going into that game, if it's a nice, if, if it looks like it's, they're at what? That's the sixth game of the year? Correct me if I'm wrong, but in my opinion, I think we're 4-2 and two going into that game. Well, is it, is it, how many games? Is, uh, is That's the sixth game. 1-2. So there should be, so I would say somewhere 3-2, and two, I would hope, 3-2-ish. and two ish. Because if it's a, it's a sixth game? Yeah, okay, so they'll play five. Yeah, I, three and two. If you can be three and, three two. and two, or maybe maybe four, four and one. one. If it's four and one, oh my god, look win. out! I'll probably take the day off that. You, day. you <laughs> might, I wouldn't be you able to might work. want to if you want to get a spot. Yeah. If we're four and one playing on national TV against App State, against App State, you might want to take the day off of work to get a spot. Yeah. Yeah. I. I yeah. I, I agree. Um. You. You might. You might want to go set up. A tailgating spot early Wednesday morning. I agree because that place is going to be rocking. I agree, um, and so you know that's obviously a big one. It's always fun to play app. It's always fun to play on national TV at mm-hmm. home. So you know there's there's a lot of buzz. And here's another thing too. And I, before we move on, there look they have a new head coach. Yep, Scott Satterfield's at Louisville now. Yep, he, so brand new Elijah Elia Drinkwitz. And he's a good coach. I believe he was the OC last year, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, yeah. yeah I so think he, he's going right. to keep that system, but you know, whether or not you keep the system doesn't, you know, if you're not if you're not the yeah, same that's, type of coach. That, that, yeah, that's really irrelevant. So that's a big, that's that's big too. They have a new coach. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, you, there's there's a lot of new coaches in the in the Sun Belt this year, and you know we'll kind of get into that as we as we head down the schedule. You know. F- Fast forward to the next Thursday mm-hmm. after that App State game. We're back on the road in Jonesboro wow. against Arkansas State. It's like our kryptonite on that on that place. <laughs> yeah, we um, well, let, let's talk about it a little bit. I'm gonna look up our record against Arkansas State in well, Jonesboro. First of all, that Arkansas State win last year to me was the turning point of the season. It oh, showed absolutely. it showed us, you know, to go in that shootout with them and to be able to make a comeback when they took that lead late in the game. That that told me the the fight that this team had. It showed me what that the actual process that coach Napier had been talking about was working. And really that game sort of kicked off a few not a really a run because I believe they have. I want to say that we lost the next week, but you really saw the team become more competitive. There were no mm-hmm. blowouts or anything like that after. They were very competitive in every game since then. So, um, going on the road to Arkansas State's always hard. I think the last time the Cajuns won over there was in 2013, um, and the time before that was in 2009. I think the Cajuns have only won twice there in the past 20 something years. But. With that being said, uh, you know, with Coach Anderson, um, you know, great guy. He actually coached here one year. Um, Did he really? As the offensive coordinator, 2007. That was when I was an equipment manager for him. So I know Coach Blake Anderson pretty well. Good guy. I haven't talked to him since then, but, you know, every all the run-ins I had, you know, he was, he's prayers, a good guy. He's a great prayers coach. out to his wife, Wendy. Definitely. I know his his, his, his wife is, is fighting cancer right now. And, of course, we, you know, we would definitely want to send our our prayers out to, to her and keep up the good, keep up the fight. Um, and, but the thing is, with his staff, they've actually had some some turnover. I yep. believe they've had a few key assistants who have made uh, that have that have left. 
He's brought in a few new coaches. So I'm curious to see how they adjust to that next year. I'm curious to see how the team is able to, to handle that. Um, but that's always a tough game, especially. It's always like the home team wins. Yeah. Because I want to say Arkansas State has only won once in Lafayette. They've only won once in Lafayette in the past 20-something years, and I think we've only won twice in Jonesboro for that same amount of time. So the last time we won in Jonesboro was... 2013. Let's see. Yeah, it was 2013. Uh, 23-7. Yep. We, we beat Arkansas State. That was the last time we won in Jonesboro. No, the last time we went there, they destroyed us. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> it was like 50-something to 3. 47 to 3. 47 to 3, That yeah. is actually Arkansas State's largest margin of victory against us. Oh, that's nice. Um, <laughs> so actually, How convenient. believe it or not, we own the series Yes, against them. We are 24-20. And one, wow, against Arkansas State. So you know, pretty, pretty even, if I if I should say. And actually, the reason that it is a one is because for reasons I can't see on this website, the game in two thousand five, which was one thirty nine to thirty six by Arkansas State, mm-hmm. has been vacated. Really, um, for reasons unknown. So. Nowadays, I believe it is a it's going to be a customary thing to take vacated wins and rule them a tie. I think what was frustrating about that year as well was the fact that, that because they won that game, they owned, they got the tiebreaker over us for the conference championship, and they played the New Orleans Bowl in our stadium because of Hurricane Katrina, and that team played in our stadium. I I, I, I still I still have some sour sour grapes about so that. So get so get this. <laughs> Actually, no, I apologize. The tie came in... Yeah, it was in, it was in 2005 um, that they ruled it a tie. The first game was in 1953. Mm-hmm. Okay, Arkansas State won by a whopping final score of 13-12. Wow. Uh, Raymond Didier was actually our head coach back then. Hmm. Um, good, old, good old Coach Ray. And then the next year, 1954, came our largest margin of victory against Arkansas State. We defeated them here in Lafayette, thirty-six to two. <laughs> we high, gave we gave scores, up man. we gave up the old-fashioned modified touchdown. Yep, or or the or the safety is you know it, it's commonly referred to. <laughs> so you know this this series has always been you know kind of a tight one, back and forth. Um, it really it's been a rivalry. Uh, they um, they would I would consider them the biggest rivalry in football. In the conference by far. Um, I mean, even Yeoman Monroe, it's like, eh, I don't know. I, I just feel like the, the Arkansas State series is so much, there's, it's so much closer. There's no, like, you don't really have win streaks between these two schools, you know, and they've played such a long time. I, I would say Arkansas State would be, they'd be pretty much, I would say they're the biggest rival. Even, I would say bigger than Monroe, personally. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think I would... Like I said, I think I would have to agree. And now, you know, we fast forward a little more. November 2nd, we're back at home. Homecoming. It's homecoming against Texas State. You know, Texas State, God. It's almost like an easy win for us in the past six or seven years. They have been a dumpster fire. It's weird, man. In that area, especially in Texas, with the talent that surrounds them, that they just can't get it done, you know. Um, but I'll say this: that new head coach that they have, yes, Bavitol. Oh, yeah, he's guy he's, is a is he's a football do, genius. Okay, he, he's gonna do some good things for them. But God, it, I just it'll take a couple of years. But I, if there's any coach to turn it around, I think it's him. I think yeah. he's. I think look. Look, his name was being thrown out by the fans here before Coach Napier got right. the job. Yep. People it were throwing was. his name out going, man, we got to go after Spavitol. He's an offensive, remember, remember offensive we, guru and all this remember stuff. Remember when and, we thought we were getting Kevin Sumlin? Plane watch. <laughs> oh, plane watch. watch. Look, it got, the plane watch got so intense that there were actual media people who showed up at the airport because, okay, so there's a website called FlightAware. You can track any flight. You can track, you know, whether it's an airline, a civilian aircraft. You can track any flight in, in the country. 
And so somebody had seen that there was a flight from College Station coming in. And so people on on our, on the message Lost boards their were freaking mind. People on the message boards were talking about were, were putting the time that the plane was expected to arrive. They were talking about the kind of plane it was. They were they took somebody put a screenshot of what the airplane looked like and a few media people got a hold of it and showed up at the airport to see if it was Kevin Sumlin coming off the airplane and come to find out it wasn't and it was just like it was one of that was one of the craziest I mean to me that was one of the craziest and funniest episodes of, of Cajun fanhood that I can remember for a long time and that you went on flightaway to track a flight to see if it was Kevin Sumlin coming off the airplane that yeah, was that no. was awesome and plane um, watch 2017 man and you know we, we kind of pulled a, a small plane watch this year with the baseball search yep um, I'm actually not proud of this but I showed up to Did the you airport really? To find out if it was truly Matt Deggs. Come to find out, Matt Deggs was in town the entire he, time. He was in town the entire you have, time. You could have gone to like just drive around, like go to a restaurant, or maybe he had, go been, to the, he had been in town since the day before. Yeah, go to the, maybe go to the DMV if he's getting his driver's license changed or something, and walked instead of going to the airport. <laughs> yeah, and and as I'm sitting in the parking lot of the airport waiting for for somebody to walk out of the plane, I saw the plane land. And I was waiting for somebody to, you know, pop out. Mm-hmm. And as I'm sitting there waiting, I got the tweet from the university saying that it had been official. Yeah. That Dex, Dex was going to be the guy. you're sitting at the airport. <laughs> and so I said, well, got the news I needed. Let's go. Yeah. So, you know, that, that, <laughs> that plane watch 2019 was an, was an absolute fail. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break. Um, say thank you to our sponsors. Sure. And um, when we come back, we'll finish up the uh, the schedule breakdown. You know, only four games to go. So we'll be back right here on the Rage of Cajun Army. The Rage of Cajun Army podcast is brought to you each and every week by Nick Selfo State Farm, conveniently located across from the Petroleum Club at 200 Hyman Boulevard here in Lafayette. Call Nick and his staff for all your insurance needs, whether it be home, auto, life, or health. 337-981-6638. And we're back here on the Rage of Cajun Army, Matt and Jerry Bear breaking down the schedule for you. And, you know, now we're looking just five days after that Texas State game. Mm-hmm. You know, quick turnaround. We traveled to Conway to play Coastal Carolina. You know, the, the, the teal monster that they like to call it. Revenge. That's um, the only thing that comes to mind. God, revenge. I, I still have nightmares about that. Night. Revenge, revenge, revenge. I still have nightmares about that game. Um, obviously, we're we're referring to the the letdown of a thirty to twenty eight loss Ugh. that we we took at home against Coastal last season. I think season. the most frustrating thing about that is the fact that Coastal got worse as the season went on. Yep. I'm thinking, okay, they beat us. They're going to be pretty good. They're going to make some noise. Man, we was, were, was I wrong? <laughs> you want to you want to hear something embarrassing? We were one of their two conference wins. Oh, jeez. Last year. They went 2 and 6 in the conference. Unbelievable. And we were one of those two wins. Um so yeah, we get to go we get to go play in the on the teal field. That'll that'll always be fun. And you know, then we have a 9-day break. I feel like there's a lot of breaks. In between our games this year, um, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Obviously, you know, rest is good for the players. Um, but you know, we we fast forward nine days. November 16th, we're in Mobile to take on South Alabama. Um, just a quick announcement for anybody that cares: I'm going to be traveling to that game. Yeah, we're going to. We'll be there. Um, it's, so, it's look, it's a four hour drive. Yep. You know, and I went the last time I went, I went in 2013, and my wife, well, she was my girlfriend at the time, and my parents, we all drove down there and. We actually stayed in Biloxi at one yep. of the casinos. So to all of you Cajun fans out there who maybe like to play some poker or something, I don't know, or like to go look at neon lights, I have, Biloxi, a, bad, I have a bad experience with poker. Oh, well, maybe not, maybe <laughs> not you. Maybe not you then, okay? But look, if y'all want to go, maybe Friday night, drive down to the coast, go stay at one of the hotels in Biloxi or Gulfport, have some fun, have some drinks, maybe play, do a little gambling and... It's a 40-minute drive to Lad People yeah. Stadium. Straight interstate, by the way, from Biloxi. So if you – what we'll do, we'll probably stay at one of the hotels in, in Biloxi, whether it's the Borivage, the Hard Rock, I don't know yet, Golden Nugget, any of them. And we'll probably drive – we'll stay there Friday night, and then we'll drive Saturday, take the 40-minute drive to the game, and then from the game come right back and spend one more night before heading back to Lafayette and on Sunday. Yeah, and, you know – um, like like we were to, like we were discussing, it's only 
you know, a three-hour trip to Biloxi and then, mm-hmm. you know, an additional 45 minutes to, to Mobile. And I think it's a four o'clock kickoff. Is it? So obviously, you know, if, if you decide to stay in Biloxi and have, have a little fun on the Friday night, you have plenty of time to rest up. Oh yeah. Before making that making it's, that short and drive. It's an to easy Mobile. drive. Like the main thing is is the, the especially from Biloxi to Mobile, it's easy. And the beauty of Lad People Stadium is that it's right off the interstate. So like the exit is right there. Yeah. Um and again, you know, it's an easy drive. Uh, I would hope that, you know, we have a good contingency of Cajun fans. I would hope the team is doing well by then that right. would want to bring make, a lot make of people want to travel right and so i think that would be a that would be a, that'd be a fun road trip because again it's 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 a close drive it's not you're not going across the country you don't have to get on an airplane right so uh i am i i definitely am, am, am planning on going my wife and i we're thinking about going my parents are thinking about going i got some friends i know you are so if you get the chance if there's any game to really travel to i would I say South this would be, be the easy one. one absolutely yeah and you know the the Cajuns are done traveling after after South Al. We finish up at home with Troy on the twenty third. Um, that's going to be our military salutes night slash blackout. Mm-hmm. You know we always like to bring out the a fancy black jersey for oh, a yeah. blackout game. Of course. Um. So you know that's always that's always fun. Correct. I mean you can have a differing opinion, but I think a, a black jersey should be in the in the normal rotation in terms of in terms of football. Um. And obviously, you know Troy's going to be a big game. I think I think they're they're destined for a big year. You know, I think I think they'll come close to repeating their ten and three performance last year. Yeah, I want another another team with a new head coach, Chip Lindsey. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, he personally introduced himself to me at Sunbelt Media Day. I heard his interview. Um, I didn't. I didn't talk to him. He came up to me and talked to me. Yeah. And you know, we we talked for a little while, and I was just I was blown away by that. That you know. A guy who is a Sun Belt head football coach took time to talk to a Sun Belt podcast creator. Like <laughs> he yeah. he had no business talking to me, and he just personally out of the blue walked up to me. Hey, I'm Chip Lindsay. Nice to meet you. That's and, awesome, man. And I was just like, okay, I kind of like Troy now, <laughs> except for uh, on November twenty, right? On November twenty third. There, there's going to be four yeah. hours on November twenty third that Chip Lindsay sucks. Exactly. But you know the thing about Troy, Troy's Troy, man. You know they're going to come out. They're going to come <laughs> hey, out swinging. That guy must be good. Well, look, they, they, you know they're coming. They're going to come out swinging. You know they have a reputation for being able to score points. You know they have a reputation for winning big games and competing. So. You know, and, and what better way to what better way to be in a conference hunt, if possible, than to go against a team like Troy? Yeah. That I mean, they look. You talk about the team to the East. They beat them two years yeah. ago, uh, last year. That game it came down between Troy and App State to go to the championship game. Yeah. You know, and so which was a great game. It was by a the gr- way. absolutely an awesome game. So. Look, that's the the beauty of the schedule this year as a whole is you have both App State and Troy at home, and both teams have a new head coach. And in both games, we played them in last year, or we played them in three games. But you know, playing playing Troy last year, I thought we played a great game. Was, we yeah, we had a chance close. to win. Yep. So you know, look again, App State and Troy have to come to Lafayette now. So, and I think we're a lot. I hope by by then we'd be a lot more improved, a lot a lot better, and uh, we 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 can. Maybe once again, I talked about getting revenge on Coastal, get some revenge on Troy and App as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we, we finish up the season on November thirtieth again in Cajun Field against. You know, there there's a multitude of things that you can call them, uh, the ugly cousin, <laughs> um, the ugly you know stepsister. You know, there's there's all kinds of things that people call. ULM. I'll just say um, ULM. <laughs> I like to call them the Fauxhawks. The Fauxhawks. Yeah. Um, the last time they were here, they beat us. Now, I don't want to talk about that. Do you want to know why? Because I hate ULM. Well, they, uh, they're, you know. Oh, they're they're fantastic. They're, they're going to have a great football team this year. Matt Vietal is really doing a great job over there. One thing about ULM is they always find a way to come to Lafayette and always give they've, they've, us a scare. I can't remember the last time in Lafayette where we where we beat them pretty heavily. Now, we'll go to their place and beat them heavily. Destroy them. We but, destroy them in Monroe. But when they come here, we either have to make a crazy comeback or the game comes down to like one play 
or they beat us. All I'm saying is that if we if it if it can pour down raining every time we go to Monroe, I will be okay with that. I mean, I'll tell you this: I don't remember. I don't. I don't think I can recall a time where we played Monroe at home and beat them by double digits. I mean, just oh. just to rewind, just to rewind. So, let's see, 2000. I'm gonna go way back. So 2003 here, they beat us, which was their only win that year, ironically. Uh, 2006, they beat us here. 2007, they beat us here. 2009, we only won by four points. 2011 was the game where we had to make the comeback. Ooh, the, the double onside, onside kick. kick. One point win. 2013, they beat us. 2015, we had to block a punt. And on a and I think Jamal Robinson caught this amazing bomb to where we won yeah. by, I think, like, what, a touchdown? Yeah. 2017, they beat we us. We lost in overtime. So, the last time we actually, you know, beat them handily, I can't remember. I right. can't remember it in Lafayette. Man, that, that 2011 but, game. But you go to Monroe, and there have been times that we've spanked them. Otha Peters senior year, I want to say it was 2016. Yeah, two touchdowns, two defensive touchdowns. Remember, we won it 36 to three in the pouring, in the rain. I was pouring there. Pouring rain. I was there. It was miserable. Pouring rain. Put us in a bowl game. So that that's that's why that's what I'm saying, man. If you can, if it can pour down raining. Every time we have to yeah. go to Monroe, I'm okay with that. Plus, we have a running game, and they don't. <laughs> right. I mean, Caleb Evans can run. He can run, uh, but we have three or four guys who can right, run. They got right. one or two. Because, so. I mean, I don't know if you fondly remember 2017, but he put five rushing touchdowns on us. That read option destroyed us that year. In 2017. How, how how we made that comeback to force overtime, I don't. I still don't know to this day. Should have won that game. Still don't know. It is what it is. And look, last year... In many ways, they look. They we we gave them a great game in the first half, but I thought they kind of outplayed us in the second half. Yeah, I I, I think so too. And to be honest with you, to be able to get that win, and I think what was so special is not only did we get the win, we won the Western Division at their house. Yeah. Could you imagine? Like they already hate us to begin with, but, but us now celebrating they, now they on us. their field to go to yeah, the conference smoking, championship, smoking cigars oh, in their locker room. Man. Yeah, no, that was. Oh man, uh, that, yeah. that 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 cigar move was savagery at its finest by yeah. by Billy Napier and company. Um, you know, you even one of their players was talking about it the other day about how they have our game circled on the calendar. Yep. And yep. Uh, one of our buddies, he's like, "Well, don't you think you kind of want to play some win some of your other games first? Right. You've got eleven games. There, there's ahead eleven of us. games before that. You and might want to worry you know, about those. Why first. you worried about us? You know, right, right. But they've always they've always kind of looked at us as I mean, they look at us as their rival. Um, and and I know that they've always kind of had us circled on their calendar. They always get hyped for you know Cajun Hate Week or whatever. They whatever they want to call it. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. We're like, um, yeah, okay. we're 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 unfazed by Monroe. We hate Monroe. Yeah, but we're unfazed by Monroe. I enjoy playing them. Yeah, it's always a fun game. No, um, I, I, I 100% agree. Absolutely. But I cannot stand losing to. Them. <laughs> no, no. I I would take. This might be a little crazy to some people. I would take two, conference losses, before a loss to Monroe. No, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Uh, I I hate Monroe that much. I don't know. About I'm that. just I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yeah. Um. So obviously, you know that that wraps up the the season breakdown. This is, in my opinion, one of the tougher schedules that we've had in the last few years. Um, you won't see any complaints from me, man. I love it. No, I I love I it too. I welcome it with open arms. I love it too. But you know that that stretch of Ohio, Georgia Southern, App, Arkansas State, right there with you know a, a lot of traveling. Yeah. Three of those four games being on the road. You know that that's going to be a tough stretch for for um, our, our football program, but I think that's going to be the stretch where we really see what this team's made of. Well, the beauty of it is that if you could come out at least two and two at a minimum in that four game stretch, then you've got Texas State, Coastal Carolina, South Alabama back to yeah. back to back. It wraps up pretty easily. It ra- outside of Troy, of course. Right, right. But you win those three games, you got momentum going into Troy at home. Before closing it out against UL, so in my opinion, you go into that four game stretch at two and one. Yeah, and then in that four game stretch, like you said, if we can, have if to. we can if we can you break if we can break out two and two, we're sitting there at four and three, going well, five, into five, well, yeah, is it four? Yeah, four it'd be four three. and three yeah. going into Texas State Coastal South Al, which I think all five, three six, of those seven. 
are easily winnable games. So you could be a seven and three team. Seven and three going into your last two games at home. Yeah, that's huge, man. That that four game stretch from September twenty first through October seventeenth, really a full month. That's going to be a huge determination of what this team's made of and what this team's going to do. Yes, I agree. Going down the stretch. All right, guys. Then you know that's going to wrap it up, um, Jerry. As always, appreciate having you on. No, thanks for having me, um, man. Always a pleasure. And obviously, you know, we'll uh, we'll we'll meet more before the season, and especially as the season goes on. Of course, um, you know, preparing for what's going to be, in my opinion, a fantastic 2019 football season. Um, all right, Cajun Nation. For Matt and Jerry Abair, this has been another episode of the Raven Cajun Army. Appreciate your support. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. And 